On today's Roadman Cycling Podcast, I chat with Bryant Woods. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to a Roadman Cycling Podcast. It is Thursday and we're on the new interview days of Tuesday and Thursday. So the new week is shaping up like a Tuesday, Thursday long form interview. We had this week, we had Jay Vine, the amazing Jay Vine from Alpes and Phoenix on Tuesday. And today, Thursday, I get to chat with Bryant Woods, who's just unbelievable. Bryant is a master breathwork practitioner. He's the co-founder of Modern Nirvana. He sprung on the scene in America's next top model, but since then has gone on to reinvent himself. Not once, not twice, but three times. He has over half a million Instagram followers, and he is one of the most interesting, compelling dudes I've had the pleasure to talk to in a long, long time. Before I jump into that podcast, just a little bit of housekeeping. If you're listening over on iTunes, do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast, like it, review it, and hit us that five-star rating over there. Also, the great way to spread the love for these podcasts is sharing it with friends. So take the podcast, put it into your WhatsApp groups and say, you know what, John, this is a podcast you could really do with listening to. I know there's a lot of Johns out there and Brian's message has the power to change a lot of lives. So I want to make sure it gets spread as far and wide as possible. And as always, if you want to support the podcast, the way to do it is contribute to the beer fund. Buy me the price of a pint of beer once a month over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. In return, you have the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting the podcast and bringing something wholesome and worthwhile forward, but you'll also get access to The Secret Podcast, which is a podcast I put out once a week, especially for you, the Patreons. You're really going to enjoy this one, so I'm not going to push it off any further. Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast, Mr. Bryant Wood. Hey, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Really uh, excited to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm pumped for this one. Uh, you have seemingly figured out uh, a lot of the answers to definitely stuff I'm chasing after, and uh, a lot of our listeners are chasing after this stuff as well. But to give some context, like, fuck, you're an interesting guy. I'm just like, I'm researching the podcast. It's like, you're a breathwork instructor and neurolingual programming practitioner, yogi, coaching mindfulness and motivation, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, I always like to say if you can uh, distill it into one sentence, it's like, I'm just a good person. And that's the, the hardest and the easiest thing you'll ever do. Um, but yeah, thank you for that beautiful introduction. It's my, we have this saying in my house, my girlfriend, we recently got a sauna into the apartment and it's just one of those, you know, infrared sauna. It's just one of those real feel good things. So if I come in the door and, you know, I could be out at a meeting and I come in the door and she's getting out of the sauna. She'll just be like, oh, smugness levels are like 98. <laughs> are you walking around at like a smugness of 98? Oh, I mean, well, first, I want to, my relationship to saunas is so traumatizing. I was a Division One wrestler, <clears throat> full ride to Grand Canyon University. And the way I would cut weight is using f six layers of sweatshirts, 
a trash bag over me. I would tape my wrists, tape my feet, and I would pull my hoodie together so I could just breathe out of a straw and sit in the sauna for hours. Cutting <laughs> weight I mean, there was is, one day it was like, that's so unhealthy that in sport, sport in general can be very unhealthy, but cutting weight has to be one of the unhealthiest practices in all of sport. I couldn't agree more. Um, and just the quality of life while cutting weight. I think any diet that you don't love, and I think there's diets out there that you can love, will bring you at some level of misery. So you have to find that balance of doing exactly that, what you want to do, but doing the healthiest thing for your body, mind, and spirit. So what do you... So I always think we people, we wear many different hats, and this is the idea. And it's one of... I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on privacy, but the argument I heard someone saying the other day is like, oh, if you've nothing to hide, why do you care about privacy? And I was like, well, privacy is me choosing which version of myself I get to show to people. You know, to my girlfriend, I show a different version than I show to my parents, than I show a different version of my sister or friends. And so we all wear many different hats. Like to some people, I'm Anthony the lawyer. To others, I'm Anthony the cyclist. I'm Anthony the son. Like, how? what do you self-identify as with the breathwork practitioner, coach, mindfulness, yogi, et cetera, et cetera? How do you see yourself? Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for asking that. And there's, I think there's a deeper answer there. I think when I started to begin to understand that every time that I'm interacting with someone, there's a different part of me that naturally arises. And you can easily blame the person in front of you just because they stimulated that aspect of you that you may think is less productive or something that you actually really fucking love. So it's a constant dance between you and what is in front of you that then invokes your behavior until you choose to be the most authentic expressions of yourself, which primarily is a very loving, compassionate, kind expression. Because what I mean by that is anytime that you go deep within yourself, you begin to excavate the fear, the limitations, the pain, and what arises within the space of that context is joy. His kindness is love. So just like you, and I, I, I'm sure you've told your viewers your story of how you quit everything. And, <laughs> you know, you didn't quit everything. You sold everything. You let everything go to then pursue this uh, moral and worthy goal of happiness and self-love. I also did that too. Three different times I gave away every single one of my belongings and started fresh to just finally figure out what was that thing that I need to be doing so I can feel the thing that I want to feel. And it was never an external experience that triggered that. It was always an internal mastery of self-love, powerful thoughts, and intentionality. So let's and re then you rewind let for me a little bit and talk to me about, uh, you know, what's the, what's the actions or what's the thought process that leads up to you giving away everything and starting fresh? Um, at one stage, it was I acquired it in a way that I wasn't proud of. I had things from a job that I didn't love that wasn't good for the planet. And this is, sounds so cliche and feel free to question me, everyone. If this doesn't apply to your direct experience and you think it's stupid, you're so okay to have that opinion. But for me, I was on the path of like finding what my integrity was, where I knew who I, who I was and what I said I would do, I, I would do, if that makes sense. And when I gave everything away, it was like, I need to shed myself of these things that were triggering memories that... I didn't want to identify with anymore. Mind you, I use an external experience to prime myself into being um, what I wanted to be. 
instead of just using an internal dialogue that would have shifted me like that. I can totally identify these. It's like my girlfriend was working for Johnson and Johnson and it's something she struggled with for the last two years, Johnson and Johnson's role in the opioid crisis. And although she worked in an entirely different division, which, you know, had noble, uh, you know, at least internally, they had a noble cause. They were trying to create medical devices to reduce infection in patients. I was like, it's like the drug dealer who, you know, wreaks havoc on an entire community, but also makes charitable donations. You can't disassociate one element of the company and the evil it's done and the mismarketing and mismanagement of opioids from the good it's doing another part. And it was something she wrestled with for a long time. And eventually, about four months ago, she walked away from the job and just said, you know what, I got to start fresh. This is not, you know, I, I have a set of values and this just doesn't align with that set of values. You know, one thing that you can share on it, I'm happy to echo it and even maybe share your girlfriend's experience. But anytime that you walk away from something like that, the biggest fear is that you don't have the Tarzan effect. You don't have that one vine that swings to the other vine that makes you feel safe and okay. But really what happens is you finally get the impetus to become the person that you always knew yourself to be. That's interesting. I love that 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 Tarzan effect. Yeah, right. I mean, I was like, oh, what am I going to do next? I was like, I need to get the rope. I was like, no, I don't. I can do anything. So I assume the road to where you are right now, it hasn't been a straight road to get there. You've had, you know, that setback where you walked away the first time. And then you come into redefining yourself, but then also unhappy with this new redefined version and giving it all away again. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think at one stage, it's a testament to the human spirit. And then another stage, it's just someone that's not okay with himself fully yet, because it really doesn't matter what you do if you have that balance and self-love. Yes, naturally you'll go and do things that are wonderful for the planet if you feel that state internally, but it is a practice to get there. And there's nothing, again, you're gonna hear this every time, it's not outside yourself, it's within you. And um, sorry, reframe the question again. I had so much more to go off of on that. It was, so I, I, it was kind of based off this. I love this concept of a mindfulness concept of starting over. So the idea that if I go into the gym uh, yeah. and I have 60 minutes at a worst session of my life, there's nothing to stop the next 20 minutes being the greatest session I've ever had. And it seems like you've taken that doctrine and actually put it into practice because you've didn't like your life. You started over. Then I almost said, fuck, I don't like this new life. And then said, I'm going to start over again. So it's just a wonderful application that the start over process doesn't have to be single serving. Yeah, that's, 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 I love that you, um, um, you got that from what I said, because that's exactly what happened. Most people are like, oh, he, you know, he gave away his belongings three times. No, I actually changed my identity completely three times, <laughs> you know, and you can see it. It's, it's so funny. It's on TV. I was on America's Next Top Model when I was... 21 or something like that. And I, I, I was the, one of the first people in the world to be, on the sh- to be on the short season of America's Next Top Model. They never had it again. So somehow I manifested an opportunity because I was modeling to get on a national TV show to model, even though I was short. And I, put, <laughs> I was obsessed with putting more effort than anybody else into anything that I was doing. I, w- I would always get there early. I would have this uh, perception of like, I, I would be the best at whatever I did. That's why I can start over so many things. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I can do anything. You know, I just put my, my mom programming that until I was like, I was so young, program me, program me. You can absolutely do anything. 
So then I, I get on TV with the modeling, put so much effort and love into it, right? So much care. I get, I'm the first one out on this TV show, the very first one out on this competition-based <laughs> TV show, right? So hard to get on, first one out. And they, what I was doing, I was wearing this like, uh, like men's fashion suit and I was walking on top of this storage container on a harness being lifted up off the ground. And then they had two storage containers and I was hovering over in between the two. And if you were gonna go to the second episode, they'd bring you over to the next storage container and if they were gonna cut you, they'd drop you, right? So I'm slowly dropping and I'm already short. So I'm trying to catch my ground. And I'm like, my feet are, you know, I'm in the air, like trying to model. It's hilarious. <laughs> but when I land, <clears throat> I'm bawling. I have so much emotion, so much energy in me. I was like, oh my God, I put so much love into this. I'm like, I'm so ashamed. You know, granted at the time I was taking steroids, uppers, and I was, I was having existential crises very, very early age. So again, there's so much going on internally where I'm, was probably why I was looking for so much external validation. But then I go into, I go into business, I go into acting, you know, I, we, we have so many different things, but eventually I get into the meditation, the breath work and the breath work was the one thing in my entire life that after I did in 10 minutes, it gave me the peace and the clarity that I always knew could exist for myself experientially. It wasn't an intellectual understanding. It was an experience of peace and clarity. And I wish that for everybody listening to this call. So I love that idea. So, and uh, so many podcasts, I listen to so many podcasts as well. In the sauna, I just absolutely devour in these podcasts. I should get into meditating in the sauna, but I haven't quite got there yet. Uh, but I love the idea of listening to a podcast and coming away with something tangible that can affect the outcome of my day or the following day. So for our the majority of our listeners are the vehicle they've chosen to try and achieve health, happiness, and longevity is primarily cycling. And then they have on all these un ancillary tack-ons where some of them might utilize cold therapy, some of them might utilize, you know, grounding. Breathwork, I feel like, is one that a lot of people aren't tapping into, but is very powerful. How can somebody get started on the breathwork journey? Because it seems intimidating. Um, I mean, yes, and it is. There's so much information out there about it, and yet the foundational principles of breathwork is very simple. There's grounding breaths, and then there's activating breaths, and you always want to be mindful of how much activating breath you do within your body, because what you're doing is you're creating enough tension on your nervous system so you can ex you can feel more comfortable in the world. And with grounding breaths, what you're doing is you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system. And from a spiritual perspective, this is your spiritual sustenance. So this is where you um, connect to other realms and all that other woo-woo stuff. You feel at peace, you're able to do that. This is also the process of memory consolidation. So if you still have trauma, as an athlete or as anybody, and we all do, it is so key to go back into every single memory that you had, but first do it from a state of peace and serenity, review that memory and your relationship to that memory will shift and change. You will stop having that visceral reaction to that. And you might have to do it one, two, three times, but there's a study within a week, they took uh, war veterans that had severe PTS, super severe PTS. And after a week of mindfulness meditation, what they found is their memories subsided. They weren't defining them anymore. They weren't constantly stuck in a state of fight or flight. They could finally go to sleep. They could finally be without stress. They could finally feel like themselves. So these are all little keys and some people don't realize it, but society is drastically over, um, overactivated, overstressed, has too much anxiety. And with breath work, what you can do, even if you're in a state of high beta and you're stressed out, 
and you're, you don't know what to do, you're in a manic state, you're doing a billion different things, we all get there sometimes. If you focus your mind and you breathe, your ability to release a whole, your mind is a pharmaceutical of chemicals. Just by focusing, you can release norepinephrine, endorphins, serotonin, breathing into your frontal cortex, and it drains your breathing pattern, starts channeling that, those chemicals, those neurochemicals throughout your body, through your cerebral spinal fluid, and you shift your entire state within a few minutes. And you always have it with you. This is the beautiful thing about breath work. Let me tell you. And Let me tell you. It, it cracks me about, like, I love the idea of biohacking and us always striving to, you know, achieve a little bit better progress and, you know, tapping into ancestral sense. But so much of biohacking is wrapped up in, you know, the latest $4,000 Juve light unit. Uh, you know, you need the crazy Nordtech compression boots. It doesn't have to be an expensive pursuit. The game should be simplicity not complication it should be subtraction and not addition and this is why i love mm -hmm. breath work it's the, it's the simplicity of it find three breaths everyone finds needs to find three breaths if i couldn't give them the most productive thing that they could doing for themselves to take care of themselves for the longest period within this life first find a breath that can slow everything down anytime you slow down your exhale you activate that parasympathetic so two to one ratio, you inhale, slow everything down. You can breathe out through a straw, get used to being in this state. Second breath, coherent breathing. This is the most overlooked and most important breath work breathing pattern that you could associate yourself with. It is the optimal state of breathing. Have you heard this? No, no, I haven't heard of it. It's the simplest thing in the entire world. It's at a rhythm of five seconds in five seconds out uninterrupted. You're breathing from your belly button into the back of your spine. Your rib cage goes out and up and you're breathing all the way to the top of your thoracic cavity. And then you're letting it all fall naturally down. The best way to practice this is staring at a circle on the wall. You draw a piece of paper, you draw a circle, you breathe in the energy of the circle. You do that long breath and then you exhale it. You set a clock, 10 minutes. It's only 60 breaths. Very simple. Why do we do this? Because if you think about any sort of spiritual awakened master or anybody, what do they say? Reach balance, <laughs> reach balance. It's like the simplest thing of like, but what is balance? Well, balance really is a visceral reaction in the body. You balance the parasympathetic, you balance the sympathetic, and that's how you do it with your breath. Every time you inhale, you're activating the sympathetic. Every time you exhale, you're activating the parasympathetic. This is what balance is unconsciously. This affects your blood pressure, your eye dilation, all your emotions in your body. It affects where your blood goes into your body. It affects so many different things. So master this breath. So you do this once a day, 10 minutes? No, this is the breath that you make an unconscious competency within yourself. This is how you want to always be breathing throughout the day. Oh, okay. And it varies about one second, one second up, one second less based off of your height and your weight and your age. But this study comes from studying babies that have been without trauma yet, right? They've been pushed out, they've had the proper contraction, they have this natural breathing pattern. You feel it, you'll breathe in and you'll breathe it out. And it, everyone that's listening to this, there's such a grace to this, these mechanics and the subtleties make a huge difference. Your trauma lives within your nervous system and gets activated by the breath. So to release it, this long lasting coherent breath will help you slowly let go of those things that you previously defined yourself with. So the anger, the anxiety, the stress, you can fix all those things. You are not, you are not those things. Are you it's, with me? It, there's an amazing ability with breath work to change state. 
and it's something I'll often before I've a little mini trampoline in the office. So before, I love a mini trampoline. There's so, so much fun, but try and get onto a mini trampoline and not come off smiling. It's impossible. So I just got in the door from like a four-hour bike ride. The weather's pretty mucky here. You know, four hours is quite draining regardless of how used to it you are. And then it's coming on podcast. And, you know, I don't walk around the house all day like, hey, it's time for coffee. But you get onto the trampoline and you have this state change. And breathwork feels like it's an easier to transport version of my trampoline. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think simply put, your breath... Uh, your each breathing pattern is associated with emotional state and each emotional state triggers a breathing pattern. So it's that interconnected. Um, everyone here has the power to shift their state in a few minutes by utilizing their breath properly. So what's the best resource for somebody that's like, okay, this is really sparked a curiosity in my breath work. Now I want to explore this a little bit. Yeah, I have a, a breathwork teacher training that I do twice a year. Um, a ceremonial breathwork teacher training that have an advanced breathwork course. And this helps, this teaches you how to become a teacher in this, which I highly recommend for everyone. It's not that hard to do. And not only are you going to heal yourself with these modalities, but you're also going to be able to help your friends, family, and create spaces where we I'm can on it. I'm on it. When are we doing it? Where, you're welcome anytime. And group flow is, I feel like, what's the, the next key? to healing is all of us breathing together all of us healing together all of us being emotionally honest having emotionally integrity together you know and we're just not necessarily accustomed to that anybody on this call i invite you to just go take a breathwork course you know hit it hit it online but do something parasympathetic do something grounding first so you are massively active on social media your social following you know you're up over half a million followers on social media congratulations by the way it's the, the obvious flaws that we all know about social media you know the constant need for likes and validating us i struggle with this and i'm asking this question more for myself than uh viewers it, is social media is it the cost of relevancy in what we do or it, do you see how do you reconcile you know what you do with mm-hmm. you know the the perils of social media yeah, thank you so much for asking that question. Um, so the main thing about social media is they have mastered the acquisition of your attention. Definitely. And my job is to direct people's attention within their minds to expansive states so they can feel more whole and more alive and heal themselves. I feel like social media and I have two totally different focuses in regards to how we treat others and how effective we are in helping people or hurting people. That being said, I use use social media and within my own mind, I have transformed the way that I use it constantly. Just like I've redefined myself in the past, I always redefine my relationship with social media. If you're watching this, if your phone in general the photos, the taking photos, the emails, the Google, the YouTube, the Instagram, the Facebook, if that's affecting your nervous system in a negative way, where you're beginning to hunch over, you're beginning to breathe very shallow, you're feeling like not so well after using it, you need to drastically change your relationship with social media, go outside and play. So important. So you have a bunch of different tools in your arsenal for, you know, pursuing health, pursuing happiness, pursuing longevity. And that's really the goal of this podcast. 
Breath work is one of them, but if you were to give listeners like a whistle stop tour of other areas they should be exploring, or you know, I love this Pareto principle like, what 20% of the stuff you're doing can elicit 80% of the gains? Is it grounding? Is it gratitude? What is it? Um, that's a good question. So, <clears throat> how you do anything is how you do everything. So, pay close attention to how you're feeling when you're brushing your teeth when you're washing the dishes, when you're hugging your kids, you know, that is a important precursor to understanding where you can make small shifts to show better for yourself. So for example, if my partner and I were fighting, you know, I go to bed and this is called dream yoga, everybody. It's an ancient Tibetan practice. And they, instead of focusing on technology and consumerism, they focused on mastering consciousness. So they have deep, deep wisdom on some of these practices. And what dream yoga is, is how to wake up consciously when you sleep. So you go to bed and you wake up in the dream world and you're able to manipulate it and also study and learn while you're there. It's fascinating. And what that mirrors is when you die, instead of going into bardo, your consciousness wakes up and it never goes back to its original state, which is its uh, um, most pure like a pure kernel, if you can think about it. I'm not going to go deep, too, too deep in this because I'm going to go over your heads if you're not reading it. But with dream yoga, what you do is you, you sit down, you slow everything down right before you go to bed. And you take a couple breaths, put your hands on your heart, your chest, you slow your body down. I'm safe. Right? Everything you need to do just to feel present in that moment. Okay. And then what you allow yourself to do is think backwards on how the day happened. Okay, so I went to bed, I went and brushed my teeth right before that, I maybe ate dinner, I maybe, in your beginning, you're letting go those thoughts, right? Those things that are unfinished within your consciousness, okay? And then you, and if anytime you get to a thing throughout the day that you feel a visceral reaction in your nervous system, right? Remember, yeah. everything's happening in the mind, so you're, you're creating the future as you're going into the past. Yeah. And anytime that you have a visceral reaction to a past memory of something that happened during the day, you can throw a rose on it, you can breathe into it, you can shift it. And that, in my opinion, will change your behavior next time something like that in the future happens. Because any time that there's something that manifests in your reality externally that will trigger something in the past that's hurt you, you're going to react instead of respond in a loving way. You know, it's super useful like for, I chatted with a client last week and he's been off the bike for almost six months. And when I was chatting to him, uh, you know, the reasons why somebody gets into a rut like that, you know, they're very, they're multifactorial. But the main reason that he could point was he had an anxiety about close passes from motorists when he was out cycling. So you're out cycling a motorist buzzes you, but it wasn't actually the close pass that was giving rise to these feelings. It was his reaction to the close pass. So he had a, now an anticipation that every time he got a close pass, he was going to react and it was going to spoil the rest of his day because he couldn't let go of it. And it's such a useful technique for that. That's, I think that's the most important thing to face. Any, any, anything within your mind's unfinished will then manifest again and will keep you in a state of contraction. So with him, our memory only works when there's tension in our environment. That's how it consolidates into our body, right? So when you're driving on the freeway that you've driven on, thousand times you're going to coast you're going to go on autopilot but anytime anything like that when you're experiencing your bike and someone does you're doing a slow pass which sounds terrifying to me you know <laughs> of course i'm never going to forget that moment you know and, uh, and then the same thing happened to him and, and breath work is the first thing that triggers 
that memory because when you inhale, it activates that fight or flight mechanic that is associated with that memory. So it's so important to figure out how to use the breath to feel good and then process that memory so you can release the attachment to that thing that's been defining you and your behaviors. But I I love that quote you had a minute ago, how you do anything is how you do everything because I can totally identify with that. I, I have days that are for whatever reason, you wake up a little bit late and you feel hurried eating your breakfast and you feel hurried brushing your teeth. And that hurried feeling, it extends to when I'm on a four-hour bike ride when I've, there's no hurry. I can If the ride takes me four hours, five hours, it doesn't matter. But I still feel hurried. I carry that sense of feeling mm-hmm. with me for the day. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the first, one of the first steps of being introspective on how to bring happiness to yourself. Do you want to be someone that's hurried or do you want to be someone that's in a fuck you position and can take his time or her time because he's prepared, you know, and he, he knows it's important to just feel good first. And then he knows that affects or she knows that affects the quality of their decisions and how they show up in the world and how they perceive in the world, you know, that's brilliant. Uh, Following on from that, we spoke off air about this one. And I think this is just such an important, you know, if you're listening to the podcast now and you wanted one takeaway from this podcast, this idea of being conscious is brilliant and Bryant on his social media account which is I'll link it in the description it's definitely worth following not that he needs your followers he's at almost half a million Uh, it's fun to look in the mirror and reflect on everything you've consciously chosen to become and I think that's so powerful because so many of us are drifting through life and I feel like I have very i make choices and you know for good or bad i make very conscious choices i come to a lot of crossroads and i say i am not working in law anymore i am quitting professional cycling but i talk to a lot of friends and they're like oh you know you're you make a lot of choices and i was like but you're also making choices by not making choices omission is a choice and acts of omission lead to a destination that you never wanted to get to and it seems like you've definitely realized that and are living that. Yeah. Choices are huge. I, I always want to bring it back to the, the natural impulses of energy that you can cultivate within yourself. Because every human being, and feel free to get offended by this, is ignorant. We're all acting out of ignorance. And we're all doing the best that we can. And this is... This is hard to comprehend because why is the person that's causing all this chaos in the world, why is he doing that? Well, because he's acting out of ignorance. He's only knowing what he can do because that's what he's always done and vice versa with people. So if you think about trying to shift your belief system or shift a pattern in the quality of your decisions, anything like that, the first place to start is excavating beyond the circular thought patterns of the mind. So everyone knows this from Joe Dispenza. You're thinking 80,000 to 100,000 thoughts a day, 80% the same thoughts you thought the day before. So of course, you're going to be thinking and doing the same things you did previously. And also you're conditioning your body chemically to feel the same things. So you're getting used to, and let me riff on this a little bit. You're getting used to feeling, let's say a negative four and a, and a positive two. As soon as you get up to feeling pretty good, you have to do something that you're used to doing to feel worse because you can't allow yourself to feel more good than what you're used to feeling. This is where consciously creating yourself comes in. But the easiest way to do that is not choosing to think a bunch of positive thoughts. It's not affirming things in the mirror. It's not, you know, it's not even, I would say, doing acts of kindness. 
I would say first, what you have to do is go beyond the karma, the maya. And this is, if you think about it, the conditioning of the mind, which we all have. This is the ignorance. Go beyond that within the self. And anyone that hasn't experienced this, if you sit in meditation for, let's say, breath work for an hour, you will reach this state. I'm very confident. And eventually, it'll take you 30 minutes. Then it'll take you 20 minutes. Then it'll take you two minutes. Then within one minute, you can take one breath and get to a state of nothingness a state of serenity and be whole with that one breath. And then you realize you're acting from what your own intuition is. The thought that arises from the silence is wisdom. Your mind is not wisdom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's funny. I have a, a friend and he was riding for one of the biggest cycling teams in the world and they had the highest paid star in the world. So in cycling, the biggest bike race is the Tour de France. And the Tour de France is three weeks of racing. But within that three weeks, there's one pivotal moment. It's We'll call it the Queen stage. And it's normally a hilltop finish. And it defines the three weeks. But for the franchise or the team, it defines the entire season. It's the culmination of a 100 million plus euro budget. And so each of these guys on the team are like soldiers. And they have their job to do at this exact moment. So they worked a lot on this type of stuff, changing state, getting in flows, because you can't hope that you're going to just be on a good day or you're going to be thinking the right thoughts in the lead up to this pivotal moment. So they'd have this mental process that they would go through in the 10 kilometers leading into this, where they'd visualize all the sacrifices for the year, all the hours away from home, the months up mountains training, and this visual, like a, you know, like a movie would play in their mind as they led into this, you know, the battle that's about to take place building to a crescendo just like a rocky movie mm -hmm. and then it's boom it's time to deliver and i thought it's brilliant because when you have when you're whipping yourself into that state versus the guy who's coasting and just reacting to what's around them it's two totally different beasts i, I love that and on like a uh for people that aren't professional cyclists you know even when you're working out to put yourself in a state like who am i doing this for i'm doing this workout for the world I'm doing this to be mentally clear, clear, more loving, more kind to my family, more sexy for my wife. You know, who am I doing this workout for? You know, and getting that impetus behind your actions to show it better in the moment. And I think that's absolutely beautiful to be able to turn it on. And it's so funny. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this if this is okay. But Go for it. I've created the, within my mind a switch. And it's the simplest thing I've ever done. There's just a switch on my metaphorical mind on the wall. And when I need it, in the, in the moments of the utmost chaos, in the, the, the depression, anxiety, if that ever happens, all I have to do is flick this switch, my body posture changes, I start to breathe deeper, I start to believe in myself, I start to see things with love, and I know if I can do it, everyone can too. I love it's that. A switch, man. Right, that's a great way to end. Uh, give us a shout out on conferences, books, social, upcoming stuff you have where people want to continue this yeah. conversation with you. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. And it's been an honor to talk to you. I'm excited for more conversations. <clears throat> so we have our second annual Modern Nirvana Conference, um, where last year we gave Deepak Chopra an award for consciousness, and we had Dave Asprey there as a keynote. He's so funny. And um, <laughs> this next one is going to be October 22nd in Lake Nona, Florida. So I think tickets will probably go and sell in the next couple months, but just keep a lookout for that. Uh, we also have uh, a publishing deal with Chronicle Books. Uh, we par partnered up with Jennifer Sodini for a Menti Oracle, and we created an Oracle deck. So even though a lot of our team's science-based and, and um, uh, we have a mystical side, 
You know what I mean? And we wanted to create a metaphysical guide to people's intuition. So you ask a question, you pull the card, and it has some of the best art and also wisdom on those cards for if you need it. You know, that's the power of intentionality. When you say it, it is. And as far as joining a breathwork course, come try it. Listen to this podcast. Do some breathwork, then listen to this podcast, and that's an angel cocktail for success. Let me tell you. <laughs> Brian, we could definitely chat all day. It's, uh, I think the podcast is definitely, if it didn't give everybody all the answers, it's definitely teaching them to start asking the right questions. And that's all we can do. Anytime you ask yourself the right questions, you're going to come up with your own answers. And just because you could hear this information right now and understand me and this gentleman right here, it means all this information was inside you to begin with which is fascinating. Right. Thank you for chatting. Love you, brother. Appreciate <laughs> Cheers, that. Cheers, buddy.